Welcome to this episode of the Knowledge Institute, where we talk with experts on business trends, deconstruct main ideas, and share their insights. Today, I am very happy to be joined by Deborah Learman, Vice President and Delivery Head for the U.S. Southeast Region for Emphasis, Global Leader in Digital Services and Consulting. Welcome, Deborah. Hi, Jeff. One of the things before we get started, I wanted to give people a sense of your background. So... I'm a little over 25 years in uh, digital transformation. Uh, Somewhere after 25, you stop counting uh, the specifics. Vast majority of that time spent at IBM, a few years ahead of that at Arthur Anderson, but always focused on change and driving transformative change uh, for enterprises, be it my client or my company. And this technology hub that you lead, it's in Raleigh, is that right? That's right. Lived in the Raleigh area now for a little over 10 years. It's called Innovation Hub for a reason, right? We, we mean to live up to that name. It's a place where we find problems. We ideate with our clients. We co-create with them in design thinking sessions where we pilot concepts and where we deliver digital transformation work. So it's truly end-to-end. It is a place of continuous learning. So one of the things that's so important to us in order to ensure we are constantly fresh is to make sure that we're bringing the outside in. Our outside influences are some of the most important things that we experience at our Innovation Hub. We bring monthly thought leaders from universities and from client industry in to talk with us about you know, what they see in their industry, the technology trends, what matters now, constantly challenge ourselves. And it's just the right environment to do that in an open, agile environment where we're meant to bump into one another and collaborate um, and be inspired by each other's work. Uh, it's a place where you know, truly we can be inspired to do the next great thing. Many people talk about workforce transformation, but you're one of the few who's actually living it. You're actually creating a new organization from startup to, I think, 2,000 employees plan. You're right. Uh, My objectives are to ramp up significantly our workforce, uh, 2,000 in North Carolina alone. And we need to do that uh, while growing profitably, right? I like to liken this to running a startup inside an $11 billion company. And just like a startup, you know, the pressure is on. Our investors are anxious to see our results. So while we've got this long arc of uh, investment in talent and in the innovation space itself, still month to month and quarter to quarter, I've got to make sure that we're driving revenue Uh, at great margins that our people are utilized. And so it's been a labor of love as we've uh, really seen this thing grow from seedling uh, to where it is today. It's funny because, you know, at the same time that we're hiring all these people, we also had to stand up a new building, right? And at first we had very little. We had desks, we had coffee, uh, we had internet, and that was about it. Uh, and a typical day for me could involve every, anything from you know, selling a CIO on our vision and the value proposition that this innovation hub and all this digital talent meant to them, all the way to deciding how many 
trash cans we needed on the floor and where they should be located so that people can make good choices about recycling. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a little bit of everything. You have to wear many, many hats as we went through these early days. And, you know, it was, um, it was exciting. And every day, every moment really has been different. You mentioned Raleigh and comes to mind Research Triangle Park and all the technology and, and the innovation out there. Has that been a help or a hindrance or how has that being in the corner of RTP helped you? So our choice of RTP was by design. It was a combination of a number of factors. First, proximity to our clients, being a nearby short drive or hopefully at least a short flight from so many in the southeast. Raleigh was a good choice from that standpoint. But what pushed it over the edge was the opportunity to be a part of the technical community there. It's a vibrant uh, and growing uh, technical community, really well known uh, across the country for that talent. And the opportunity to partner with universities and other ecosystem partners in the area as well. So our location is centrally located between NC State, UNC Chapel Hill, Duke, rich ground for recruiting new talent and next to many of our ecosystem partners where we can you know further enhance our business relationships together on behalf of our clients and help further advance and grow our, our digital talent so raleigh was quite by design and uh, while it's a competitive uh, space in the war for talent i think we're bringing something unique uh, to the community in the sense that we are actually creating talent talent that our community desperately needs for their digital work. So it's been a really uh, strong entry into the community, uh, and one where we're being recognized for really adding in a significant way to uh, the technical vibrancy of the area. So one of the things that we recognize we need to do is really to create that talent, because you're right, there's not enough to go around and we're just passing back and forth if we hire what's out there already today. So of course, when we look at campus, everyone thinks about the traditional computer science degrees or even uh, STEM degrees that might play a role in digital. We need to look beyond that, though. Um, we need to look at non-STEM. We need to look at community colleges liberal arts majors. These are all candidates, you know, to have a real impact in digital transformation work, ensuring that we're bringing, you know, whole thinking to the creative process and that we're designing solutions that will meet the needs of whole communities uh, that they're meant to serve. So we need to look for new creative sources of talent and then train that talent in order to have the skills that they need in order to be successful. In fact, we've developed some training programs that, you know, work essentially as technical schools, right? Individuals that join us go through a minimum of eight weeks of training with us when they walk in the door. And it doesn't end there. Uh, we've had talent that's been with us less than a year where we're already reinvesting in advanced Java or AWS or Azure or .NET or Python to make sure that they have the latest technology skills they need in order to be productive for the client demands that we see in the marketplace. And that'll continue. You know, the role of the corporation is such that, you know, it's impossible for us to expect individuals to keep up with the technology changes without our involvement. We've got to play a very active role in enabling people to realize that skill development in an ongoing basis. So to us, it's all about creative talent sources and about continuous learning. 
So one of the most important things was to make sure that we were demonstrating some early wins. And to do that, we needed to take a very proactive approach to understanding you know, where the client opportunities existed, where we were going to take in this talent and actually put them to productive work very quickly. Some of that strategic planning bought us some runway, right, um, in the tie-up of a lot of the talent into that work so that we could continue to invest in you know, the programs and uh, the culture that we wanted to create as we continued to grow. And then, you know, making sure we're celebrating those wins together with our people and that they're a part of the process. We don't have every moment of every day filled for everyone yet, and yet they need to see themselves productively involved in the you know, creation of the practice that we're building. And so we've engaged our talent in every aspect of our, of our business, from deciding what to name the conference rooms to hosting their own learning sessions to learning the latest digital technologies so that they could be the ones demonstrating their capabilities uh, to our clients and other visitors that come see us at the hub. You know, I think, you know, one of the key things is, you know, really making sure that the team feels that uh, this business is their business, that they, you know, have a role and a say in what's happening, what's being done. We recently gathered a a lot of our new associates that have just joined us and asked them to volunteer to take ownership of some of our technical showcases, which from the onset can be a very daunting thing. You know, some of this technology is, especially some of the AR and VR capabilities, some of the AI, machine learning, blockchain, these are advanced technical concepts. And for somebody right out of school, this can be daunting. And yet it's exactly that kind of technical challenge that we want them to experience and start to feel comfortable with. And and then the opportunity to not only learn it, but then to show it to others you know, is really the way that you cement that learning in a, in a meaningful way and encourage that spirit of innovation. So, you know, I think that the term navigator is one that we use all the time in our space. And we look for all these opportunities to help everyone on the team feel that they too can, you know, be a navigator in that sense. Clearly, I'm a senior leader who happens to also be female in a male-dominated industry. And all too often, I can find myself as the only woman in the room. And it can be intimidating. And so, you know, I understand the importance of ensuring that we're creating a diverse uh, and inclusive workforce and take my role quite seriously in the ways I can help have an impact personally and at a corporate level to really embrace that diverse and inclusive workforce. I think, you know, in part, that means, you know, I understand the importance of the concept of having a cohort, making sure that there's at least two or even better three in a party that uh, can identify with one another and, and making sure that, you know, we are helping people to find one another. I'll just, uh, I'll just use one example, you know, recently that happened. We were in this search for talent in all these new places. One of the things we went to was a recruiting event uh, specifically for veterans. And I asked some of our veterans on our team to actually go and represent Emphasis at this recruiting event. And there was a little resistance to it, actually, which I found surprising initially. But uh, I think it was out of 
out of a comfort zone, you know, something a person hadn't done before. Talk about the company and help sell the vision and try to recruit new people. But I pushed a little and, you know, asked them to take on the challenge, even if that might be a bit uncomfortable or new to them. And uh, in the end, you know, that person came back to me and said, I had no idea, you know, the impact I could have as a veteran explaining to other people in the military, you know, what it might look like to transition from the military into civilian life and to work in the digital field. And until I got there, I didn't know, you know, how I could help explain how those skills that they'd honed in their years of service would translate into this technical and digital world. And they were so happy that they did that and had that impact. And, and so now we're building that cohort. Right? So it's really about making sure that we're, we're in the right places to really build that diverse talent and that we're inspiring our people to carry the torch and help build that. So I think that's one of the things I think about most. It was interesting. We you know, built this beautiful, open, agile work environment, uh, a place of technical innovation meant to inspire uh, companies and ourselves to do the next great thing. And then I got some very interesting questions. Um, you know, people would ask me, you know, is there a dress code or should we monitor attendance using badge in and badge out data or limit the availability uh, to open internet? Trust me, the digital talent that we are trying to excite to be a part of our firm and we hope will stay with us are not interested in those kinds of things. You know, we really have to establish our values and who we are. Uh, right from the beginning and understand that today's workforce wants motivation from within. So it's really about creating a shared vision around the image that we want to project, the values that we hold as a company, creating accountability to one another and as a team versus managers or policies that dictate terms and trusting people to do the right thing and addressing exceptions when they occur. But for the most part, you know, taking uh, and accepting that people will do um, the right thing and be inspired to do great things when we trust them. One of the other things I think about culture that's so important is recognizing the need uh, to communicate constantly, and especially in times of great change, like what we're going through in this tremendous growth. Communication is so important and across all channels and all the time. And even when we don't have all the answers. Take, for example, one of the things that I make sure I do is I regularly hold town halls. Well, you know, the first couple town halls I, I held, no one would show up. <laughs> Why? Where is everyone? Well, you know, it turned out no one was checking email. They didn't know that there was a town hall that we'd invited them to. And so, you know, we needed to reach out to people in other ways. We needed to go to the places where people are and make sure we were connecting with them there. So we leveraged the manager network. We made posters. We contacted people on Slack. Right? We, we took advantage of all the various communication channels to make sure that we were reaching out and that we were being effective when we did. And we have to realize that sometimes people can't show up. Um, and so we have to address that too, broadcast our events, record them, make them available for replay. Those are just some of the technical elements and logistics of open and frequent communication. And I think, though, one of the most important things is being authentic and, you know, being willing to admit where things are not going well. You know, one of the great challenges when 
you hire this many people is uh, at such a rapid pace is that, you know, you make a lot of mistakes along the way. We made a lot. <laughs> we sent people to the wrong location for training. <laughs> we trained people in one particular skill and it turned out the real demand was something different and we needed to retrain them. Simple things like we didn't get a laptop to you on the first day you showed up for work. These, some of these might seem like small irritants, but you know, if a lot of them are happening, they add up over time. And we lost some people along the way as a result. And to continue to be open for feedback so that people can tell us about the things we didn't know we were still doing wrong so that we can address them. That changes the equation. So as I reflect on the workforce that we've hired and some of the maybe more surprising aspects and and perhaps that others might get wrong too, is this thought process of, um, you know, the degree of independence and resilience that, you know, recent campus hires, you know, should be able to be expected to have in the workforce. You know, the reality is, you know, today's workforce is just different than we've been in the past. There's a much higher degree of engagement that's required, a much higher and continuous process of feedback that's required. It's interesting, some of our agile practices, you know, that we follow really enable that continuous check-in, that continuous feedback loop, whether it's the, the daily stand-ups or the retros and the showcases we do that ensure that we're on path and that we don't go very far, you know, down the tracks before we find out, you know, whether we've done the right thing or not. But even that's not enough, right? Individuals seek you know, that feedback, am I personally doing the right thing? Am I spending enough time? Am I doing the right things? And so, you know, we can't underestimate the amount of engagement that is needed from leadership together with, you know, our workforce and ensuring that they are heard and that they hear from us. Deborah, you recently represented Infosys at the World Economic Forum event in Davos. What made the biggest impression on you? So outside of some of the incredible discussions and presentations, you know, regarding humanity and social causes, which I'll never forget, I think um, from a business perspective, you know, the thing that stood out to me most was how central this workforce transformation concept was on everyone's minds. You know, we're there to talk business and how can we do deals and grow business together. And, and yet somehow the conversation keeps turning back again and again to this workforce dilemma, right? How will we ensure that we've got the right skills of the future? How will we ensure that we are growing inclusively as we create this fantastic digital future for ourselves, that we are closing that divide uh, in society and not increasing it as a byproduct of our, our digital technologies. And so, you know, companies, their leaders are searching for ways to impact this. And I was astounded, you know, at the direction our conversations took time and again to understanding what can we do to make a difference, to uh, bridge the skill divide, to grow inclusively and to ensure that there's enough talent in the workforce to realize you know, our digital future. And 
Many had questions, but not many had answers. It was one of the things that I think I was uh, most proud of Infosys at, about at the time, actually, was we may not have all of the answers, but certainly we are making progress on so many fronts. Well, I know that you've got a flight to catch, Deborah, and I really appreciate your time. Before we wrap up, what is your current favorite book? <laughs> well, right now, I, I don't know if I've got a favorite at the moment, but I'll tell you uh, what I picked up most recently. I'm currently reading... Brene Brown's Dare to Lead, and something I shared with uh, several of the women leaders that joined us at our International Women's Day celebration. I think it's going to be inspirational in terms of challenging ourselves in order to get out front and be bold, even in the face of uncertainty, and grow as we go. Lastly, if people want to find you online. Well, quite simply, you just need to know my first name. My Twitter handle is at Devere, and my LinkedIn URL is LinkedIn slash in slash Devere. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking. Thank you, Jeff. Pleasure talking with you as well. You've been listening to the Knowledge Institute, where we talk with experts on business trends, deconstruct main ideas, and share their insights. Thanks to our producer, Catherine Burdett, and the entire Knowledge Institute team. Until next time, keep learning and keep sharing.